0: this ministry. This is made possible by other people's generosity and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Well, good morning, Mosaic. My name is Kristen, and I am the community pastor here. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. Isn't it great to be back in person? For those of you that are here, it's so good to just be back in the room together. And if you're online, thank you for joining us as well. I've already been in the chat with you. I know you guys are having your own little, like, online live stream party. And if you're watching this later on, it's not Sunday. We're proud of you for still tuning in. So Pastor Naeem is not here. He's actually in Georgia this weekend. He had two different speaking events um, that he is speaking at. He just really loves talking about you guys and the good work that Mosaic is doing. But he will be back and he's proud of you for being here. Last week, he did um, interview his sister, Atia, as we started our series, In Living Color. And what was so great and what I really appreciated about their conversation was that it was about grief, but she didn't say, if you just have more faith, if you just pray about it more, if you just have more hope. She reminded us that God is okay with our feelings. And if you're new to Mosaic, I want you to know that we feel the exact same way. Whoever you happen to be this morning, whatever you happen to bring in with you this morning, we are okay with it, and we are just glad that you're here. So I'm excited to continue on with this series in living color. I love color. (laughs) I love bright color. It makes me happy. But this series is a lot more than just happiness and living life to the fullest. We want to talk about living a deeper, richer life from the inside out. And so today, I want to talk to you about what it means to be Jesus on Monday. Like, not a Christian on Sunday, but how to be Jesus on Monday. Now, before you get overwhelmed, you're like, nope, that's a little bit of a big shoes to fill. I'm not saying we have to be perfect. I know we can't exactly be Jesus, but for the sake of the conversation this morning, just go with me, okay? There is a big difference, I think, between being a christian on sunday and being jesus on monday and i think that we are missing it here's what i mean we're going to start with a passage in first john and we're going to refer back to this passage a lot today so if you want to pull it out um uh, open an actual bible did anybody bring an actual bible with like paper pages today wow (laughs) yes lynn and sherry good job if you have a bible app on your phone i know they'll in the live stream they'll take care of you in the chat as well. We're going to start with this verse from uh, 1 John 2. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know we are living in him. This is how we will know those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did pretty much it. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Live your life like Jesus did on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on all the days. Thank you for coming. That's pretty much the message. (laughs) It's really that simple though. Okay, so we're going to dig into it today, but this is what I want us to do. I want to unpack what it means to live like Jesus because we know you can be a Christian on Sunday and stop there right? A lot of us have learned this, and we know how to do it. You go to church on Sunday. Maybe you join a small group. You might show up to additional events. You might uh, tithe, give your money. You might give to missions or outreach. You might even go on a mission trip yourself. Maybe you volunteer, and you serve, and you give back. You might even have a magnet on your car so the world will know that you love God right? These are the checklist items. These are the things that we have been told we are supposed to do once we believe in God and we choose to live this life. The problem is, if we are different people on Sunday than we are on every other day of the week, the problem is that if our actions of our lives don't actually line up with what we sing and proclaim when we're here on Sunday morning, then we aren't actually telling people about God at all. Or... Even worse, we're giving them the completely wrong message of who he is. Jesus shows us who God is. If we are to be Jesus, what God are we showing the world? If we say one thing and do another in the name of God, we are showing the world a God that they can't trust a God that changes his mind, a God that says one thing but actually shows up in a different way. And you may have experienced this in a church with a pastor or leader, maybe even just with a friend who you would consider a solid Christian. They might say they're inclusive and everybody is welcome. But then you show up and you don't look like anybody else and it's pretty clear that maybe you don't identify or belong to this homogenous group and so no one actually talks to you when you get there. You can be there but they're not going to actually include you. Maybe you've heard people say, you don't have to believe. You can belong. You can still come. You don't have to believe. And so you show up, but then you start asking questions because you don't believe or you don't know what you believe. And they make it pretty clear that your questions are not actually okay. And what they really do want is for you to just believe what they're saying. Or maybe... You've experienced people who say, love God and love people. That's such a great battle cry for Christians, right? Love God and love people. And it is true. This is what we should do. But then maybe that same person who says, love God and love people, posts something on social media that week, and they make it pretty clear that they mean love God and love a specific kind of people. This is not what we can do, friends, we cannot be Jesus and show the world this kind of God. If we are preaching one thing but projecting something else, I think that's more dangerous than not talking about God at all. This is what it means when the scripture says, Those who obey God's word show how completely they love Him, complete to fullness all the time, the best we can to paint the most accurate picture of who God is. See, Sunday is one day of our week. That is 14% of our week. And actually, I guess church isn't even our whole day. It's, what, an hour, an hour 90? That's not math that I can do in my head that fast. (laughs) But I'm guessing that's what, like less than 1% of our week, less than 1% of our lives? That's a whole lot of time left over to show how completely, We love God. Now, let me be clear. I am not saying that any of these church things are wrong or bad. We should be doing them. You should be doing them, and I should be doing them. It's good to volunteer and give and serve and tithe and all of those things. But if it stops there, if we do the checklist items and then stop and say, okay, we're a Christian, or if we let any of those things become more important than having a personal, intimate relationship with God, Maybe we've shifted, and instead of having a relationship with God, we just do religion really well. Maybe you've learned how to be a Christian on Sunday, but no one has ever taught you how to be Jesus on Monday. And it's okay if you're like, uh, I think this is me. I think she's talking about me. I think this is for me. It's okay. It's a very fine line, and it's very easy to cross. I've crossed this line myself. It's very easy, and it's a very fine line. It's the line between Christ and Christianity, right? Living for God versus living for godliness. It's the line between being a Christian on a Sunday in church with other people who understand and being Jesus on a Monday out in the world with people who don't know him yet. So how do we do this? How do we live like Jesus did? I think we have to do two things. We have to go deep, and we have to go wide, deep and wide, Deep and wide. Anybody know that song from VBS? Deep and wide? Anybody? I'm gonna read a scripture so that I don't sing it to you. Um, All right, so we're gonna look at another passage. This one is from Ephesians. It's Ephesians 3 16 through 19. And we're gonna read from the Passion Translation today. Now, the Passion Translation is uh, more of a paraphrase of Scripture. There are all kinds of different translations of the Bible out there. And this one is more of a paraphrase. There are other translations that are more accurate as far as word-for-word, like pulling from the original Greek or Hebrew. But sometimes I just like to hear familiar passages in different words because it just brings it back to life to me again. So that's what we're going to read today. Ephesians 3.16. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, not just on Sundays, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then... You will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. There are a lot of thens in this passage. And the teacher in me is like, what are the thens there for? Why are the thens there? What does then mean? See, then means next, after the previous. This is not a list of just like do this, do that, whatever, whenever, however you shake it feels like, you know, however you shake it out. Then implies an order. So what this is actually saying is first, God will unveil, unveil his supernatural strength within us. Then, next, by using our faith with his spirit, Jesus will become the root of our being. Then, after we've used our faith, we will be filled to overflowing, more than full with fullness of God. See, I think we have layered a lot of stuff on top of these basic, simple steps, and we have complicated Jesus with religion, in a way that actually makes it feel impossible. That's why when I said we need to be Jesus on Monday, some of you were like, yeah, no thanks. I can't be Jesus on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Definitely not Friday and Saturday. Can't be Jesus on Monday. But see, here's the thing. Jesus is not actually asking us to be perfect. It's not about perfection. He's saying, receive me. Use your faith. Be filled to overflowing so that you live a life that's uncontainable. So let's just go in order, right? First, we have to have God within us, which if we think about it, makes sense. We can't live out a love for God if we don't actually have God's love in us. And I mean truly and fully and deeply have God's love within us. We have to not just believe it in our heads, but actually receive it in our hearts. Because see, here's the thing about your heart. It always contains something. It always contains something. I know sometimes it can feel empty. It feels broken, or it feels hurt, or it feels bruised, but it's not empty, it's never empty. Even if someone else has removed their love from you, your heart still contains something. That love has just been maybe replaced by something else. Another uh, scripture in Proverbs says, keep vigilant watch over your heart because that's where life starts. Keep vigilant watch. Guard, protect, be aware of what you let in. Keep an eye on what is trying to come into your heart because if we're not aware and we're not paying attention, something else will creep in and it will steer you in the wrong direction. See, we can't be Jesus if our hearts are full of bitterness, resentment, jealousy, fear, pride, low self-worth, any number of things that will get in there and tell you lies. Jesus said our mouths speak from the overflow of our hearts. There's that word overflow again. One way or another, something is coming out of you. Something is coming out of you, and it's going to be whatever it is that you allow into your heart. So think about the last conversation that you had. Maybe it was with a spouse. Maybe it was a kid, a parent, a coworker, somebody on Facebook that you don't agree with. Maybe it was another driver in traffic. Maybe it was the last time you talked to God. Think about that conversation, and if your words are a reflection of your heart, what did you really say? If your words are a reflection of your heart, what did you really say in that conversation? Did your words come from an overflow of love? Were your words filled with praise and appreciation for a God who loves you and wants to interact with you? Were your words filled with grace and encouragement, forgiveness for the people around you? Or did you speak from an overflow of something else? Did your words tell God how he's failed you, how you can't live for him because you're broken and everything's broken and he's not showing up for you? Side note, I am very much of the belief that you can tell God whatever you want to tell God with whatever words you want to tell God. God's heard a lot of my words with my big emotions more than anybody else has. It is my opinion That you get to go to God and you get to tell him what is on your heart and what is in your mind. Because I think that God would rather us show up real with our real emotions than to show up to him with pretenses and like a sense of fake falseness, right? Now, that doesn't mean that's the way we should always talk to God. I think that's where we draw the line. God wants us to be honest, but check the pattern. Check and see, is this the way that you always talk to God? Is this the message you always have for him? If this is the only message you ever have for him, there may be, you know, some things we could work in, balance it out a little bit. But what do you say to him? And what about people? What about your words to people? Do you tear them down? Do you try to mute their voice Either to their face or behind their back to other people, whatever. Do you give people unreal, uh, what's the word? Unrealistic expectations where there's no room for error. Are those the words that you give to people? We have to examine our thoughts as well. What are the thoughts behind your words? Now, mad props to you if you can think something about somebody else and not say it out loud with your words. That's actually my New Year's resolution (laughs) for this year. So keep some of those in. But we have to look at our thoughts as well because they come from the same place. Why are you responding like you do? Is it coming from a place where you know that God loves you truly and fully and deeply regardless of anything else? Or is it because you believe deep down that he loves everyone else more than he loves you? We have got to get past the thought that how God moves in the lives of other people somehow has something to do with how he's going to move in ours. God does not have scarcity mindset like the world will tell you. What that means is we believe that if somebody gets something, there's no more left for us. This is not how God works. This is not how God works. If God loves someone else, it takes away no love from you. If someone else has a deep personal relationship with him, he still has time for you. If someone else has success, there is still success for you. God does not think this way. How he moves in the lives of others has nothing to do with how he's going to move in our lives. The way that we get past this is by accepting and believing deeply what God says about us. We have to believe him when he says that he loves us as much as he loves everyone else. We have to believe him when he says that he loves us, even when our best versions, the best versions of ourselves still don't feel worthy. We have to believe him even when we are tired of earning, achieving, trying to prove ourselves. Friends, that's why we're tired. (laughs) We don't have to earn God's love. We don't have to prove anything, but I know that there are some of us, myself included, who can't get that through our minds, and we think that we have to. We have to believe him, even when we don't know how to let people love us. We have to believe him when he says that he loves us, even when there are other voices that tell us we are unloved or unwanted. Friends, you Get to have God's love, and you get to have it to the extent that it will fill your heart, but it is only up to you if you will, not the people who hurt you, not the people who are supposed to love you but don't. They might take their love away from you, but they don't get a say in what it's going to be replaced with. It is your decision, and only you can actively accept it. God is extending his love to you, and he will never ever take it back, will you accept it? Will you not just believe it, but receive it deep into your heart? When you overflow with love, then you can love others deeply like Jesus. See, there's a second part to living deeply, and here's where It gets personal. Here's where we learn how to obey God's word to show how completely we love him. Now, we take this love that's now deep within us, and we ask God what he wants to do with it personally in our own lives. All right, God, we love you. We believe it. Now what? (laughs) What do you want us to do with this? And here's one of the biggest differences between being a Christian on Sunday and being Jesus on Monday. If all of your relationship and conversation with God happens on Sunday— you're probably a good Christian on Sunday. If all of your worship happens in one room, in the same room, you might get into it, you might raise your hands, you might really be feeling the Spirit in the moment. But if you don't have that moment, that worship, that adoration for him outside of Sunday morning, you might be a good Christian. If your scripture for the week only comes on screen or screens, and there's only one person explaining to you what that scripture means for your life, there's only one person telling you how to apply this. You might be a good Christian on Sunday. If your education of God's character is based on whatever the current sermon series is, and that alone... If there's no further exploration on your own, there's no digging in, there's no asking God, what are you revealing to me? What are you putting on my heart? If you're not leaning in, if you're not digging in, if you're not asking questions, you're probably a good Christian on Sunday. Listen, you will never grow deep in your relationship with God when there is someone else in the middle, even if it's a good person even if it's a pastor or a teacher or a leader. Let me say that again. You will never grow deep in your relationship with God if there is someone else in the middle. It is between you and him. And I know it might seem easier to let somebody else tell you. Like, I'm not smart about that. I don't know. I get confused. I didn't grow up in the church. I haven't really read the Bible for myself. Like, let me just let somebody else tell me. It's so much easier. Don't do that. I've done that. (laughs) I did that for years. And I can promise you that now my relationship with God, even though sometimes it's full of more confusion and questions and frustrations, it is deeper and richer and more full than it was for all those years when I let other people tell me what to do and what to believe. There are good people out there to help you who have done the work and are doing the research and they can provide community and great conversation. But you have to dig in and do the work on your own outside of Sunday. You have to ask God, what is in this for me? And you can. You have a direct line to him. Thanks to Jesus, there's no more go-between. We don't need a go-between. You don't have to go through your pastor. You don't have to go through someone else. You just Paul got up, just like that. Like however you want to do it. You can talk to him. You can sing to him. You can do it in your head. You can write it in a journal. You have a direct line. Just ask him. We also have the Holy Spirit. Jesus came back. He went back to heaven. He sent us the Holy Spirit. Do you want the Holy Spirit in Greek? It's the word paraclete. It means helper. He is here to help us. So you just get to ask him. But we have to do the work on our own. Here's a couple simple steps. Get in your Bible. Open your Bible or your Bible app outside of Sunday. There are some crazy stories in there, you guys. Crazy. Like the Old Testament is whack. It's so bonkers. I, for a long time, I knew the Bible from VeggieTales. Anyone else know VeggieTales? Okay. So VeggieTales, if you're not sure, It's basically a cartoon series for kids where animated vegetables will, like, act out Bible stories. Uh, There are a lot of stories that VeggieTales did not cover because they are complicated, okay? Get in your Bible. Find out who God is. Pray. Spend time in prayer. That can be you talking. Again, that can be journaling. It can be typing. It can be singing. It can be crying. (laughs) It can be just sitting but spend time in prayer talking to God and learn about him. Learn more about him. It is okay to read other books that aren't the Bible, it's okay to listen to podcasts. I'm not saying that any of those things are bad, as long as they're not the one source of information, because none of those people know you more intimately than God does. We have to listen to God. We have to spend time with him so that we can get to know his voice. What happens in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart when God shows up? Because guess what? God shows up. He is showing up already. He is already speaking to you. He was speaking to you before you decided to come to service this morning. He was speaking to you before you decided to watch this. Maybe you haven't allowed yourself to hear him but he is already moving in your life right now. So what is he saying? I think for some of you, you feel like it's time to pray the prayer. And not because there's magic words or a specific prayer you have to pray. There's not. But sometimes you have to start with that first prayer where you tell God and your heart gets to communicate to your creator and you get to say, hey, I think I want this. I actually think there's more to you than I realize, and I want to invite you into this relationship. Some of you need to pray that prayer, and it can be those words, it can be whatever words are on your heart. There truly are no magic words to this. Some of you might need to get baptized because you've never fully submitted your life to Christ and said, hey, give me a new identity. I'm a new person now that I have this relationship with you. You might need a public statement to show the world, hey, my life was going one way and now it's going in a different direction. Maybe this is the next step in your relationship with him, to walk with him in obedience. I know some of you have done these things. Like I've been baptized maybe more than once. I've prayed the prayer more than once. I've done an altar call, I've raised my hand, I've done all the things, you still don't feel a deep connection to God. It's okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean you've lost your religion. It doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. Maybe it just means you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you again. See, the thing about having an intimate relationship with Jesus is that it's not a one and done thing. Intimacy means closeness, it means familiarity. It has to happen more than once. You can't be close or familiar to anyone that you see one time and then never engage with again. I am pretty sure that if I told my husband, hey, remember our honeymoon? <laughs> okay, he remembers. What if I said to him, hey, so that closeness, I'm gonna check it off the list. Because we did that. We did that one time. We had our closeness, it's done. Pretty sure he'd be real quick to remind me, that's not actually how it works. (laughs) My daughter's sitting right there. (laughs) It's not how it works. It's not how it works. Closeness, a personal relationship, means it happens again and again and again. It can and it should happen more than once. And your relationship with God is the same. I mean, not the same, same. Like, don't make it weird. <laughs> but it's the same. You get to ask him to fill you again. You get to ask him to be close to you again and god is not disappointed if you have to ask him the holy spirit is not disappointed if you ask him to fill you again god is waiting for you to come back he just wants you to come back now that we know how to go deep in our relationship with god now we get to go wide and overflow with the fullness of god and here's the best news living this kind of life and being jesus on monday is not another checklist item In fact, it's not an action to take it all, but it's a reaction to what has happened within us. Have you ever found a new thing? A new movie, a new restaurant, a new life hack, a new thing that you just love and you have to tell everybody about it. We do this, right? We find things that we love and we just have to tell the whole world. This is basically what my social media feed is. It's just people saying, look at this I found, look at that I found, and mine's like, Half theology and leadership and half skincare, but (laughs) it's still all things, people sharing what they love. We do this because when we find things that make our lives easier, when we find things that we truly love, we want other people to experience it. We're like, you've got to have this. And you know what else? Doing that never feels like work. It never feels hard. It never feels like a burden to share these things with the people in our lives. So why is that our reaction for some of us when we think about sharing Jesus? See, some of us do not like the word evangelism. I know there are some of us having visceral reactions to the word evangelism because of what it has meant in our past. Do you know what evangelism actually means? It means sharing Christ by personal witness. It means sharing a life Sharing Jesus in your life, living a life that people take notice of. It means living a life that tells people about God. It's living wide, outside of the confines of Sunday. Think about pouring water into containers, right? Back to science class, maybe in high school? Pouring water into containers. Whatever the container is, that's the shape the water's going to take. So we can pour it, whatever, it's going to look whatever way. You can go shallow first. You can pour wide water, and it can go all over. It can cover a lot of ground, but it's going to be shallow. And this is what happens when we try to do all of the church things. We've got water all over the place, but to what end? What is the point? How impactful can we be without any depth? If we're wide but shallow... We're missing the point. See, this is what it looks like when we focus on religion. We end up living these shallow lives because we're dependent on our own abilities to do the right things. It can only go so far, and then we wonder why we feel spread too thin. When we're doing all the right things, we have to go deep before we go wide. And if we go deep enough, the wide will just happen. That's when we will overflow. If you've been around for a mosaic um, for a while, you may have noticed that the passage I read earlier comes right before our benediction. And the, the benediction is the two verses that we say at the end of every service. And I bring this up because I want to remind you what you're saying when you raise your hand in the air and you speak these words over yourself and other people. So we're actually going to look at our benediction, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, but we're going to stick with the Passion Translation since that's what we've been working with so far. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. God's mighty power working in you. That's that Holy Spirit in you to accomplish all this, all that we just talked about. Loving God, knowing him deeply, living a life that reflects him. It goes on. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will Outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up all the glorious praise that rises from, not stays in, rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Time and eternity, it doesn't get much wider than that. Remember, living wide isn't an action to take. It's a reaction to what has already happened within us. Because if we're going to go deep, if we will do the work to go deep, wide just happens. When I was in college, I went to a retreat, and I couldn't tell you what retreat it was because I went to all of them. Um, if I heard about any kind of retreat, I was there. I don't know who put it on or what the point was or anything. All I remember is sitting on the floor of this conference center hotel. And I think we skipped lunch or we skipped a session because David Crowder Band was there. And he was very popular at the time. And we wanted to be in the front row. We were college kids. We were like, we don't need lunch. We'll be up till 3 a.m. We'll eat talk about later, whatever. So we sat there forever. Finally, they opened the doors. And we went in. We ran in because we had to be in the front row. We got there, he started singing, doing his thing, and we were living it up, having the time of our lives. At one point, he sang a song called Undignified, and it was my favorite song. It's still one of my favorite songs to this day. And it's based off of King David dancing in the Old Testament. And his wife is like, what are you doing? You're embarrassing me. And he's like, whatever, it is what it is. I'm not dancing for you, I'm dancing for God. And I'm gonna become even more undignified than this. As I live in front of him and for him. I remember being so proud in that moment. We were so proud of ourselves, of how undignified we were being. We were singing and we were dancing and we were jumping around like fools. But looking back, we weren't being undignified. We weren't doing anything special. We were in a room full of people who were doing the exact same thing And there's nothing wrong with these moments. There's nothing wrong with this kind of moment among a community of believers because it it fuels our passion and it reminds us why we've chosen this life. But we have to remember that there's still life outside of these rooms. It's easy to be undignified. It's easy to let the presence of God be loud in a room full of people that get it, who understand where we're coming from. It's easy to be a Christian in a room full of Christians, and I think it's easy to be a Christian on Sunday. But what about the rest of the world? There are people in your life that need you to be Jesus on Monday. There are people in your life that are looking for light in the darkness, and it would be so sad if they couldn't find it because we were just in here shining it on each other in our churches. We have got to move from being Christians on Sunday to being Jesus on Monday. It might take a little practice, might take a little reframing of our thoughts, but I believe you can do this. I believe you can do this. What is holding you back? Do you need to receive God's love? Do you need to dig deeper into your own personal relationship with God? Or do you need to take a breath Let go of trying to do all the things and just let the Holy Spirit move through you. Let me pray for us. Will you stand, actually? God, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are here in this place. God, that you were here even before any of us walked in. And God, I thank you that when we leave this place, when we leave this building, when we stop watching service, God, that you will be with us still. Lord, I pray especially for the people right now who are saying, but I don't believe it and I don't feel it. God, I am asking that you would reveal yourself to them in a way like never before. God, that they would have a personal touch from you today as they're watching this. God, and that you would open their eyes to see you. God, that you would open their ears and their heart, God, to know your voice. Help us to receive how much you love us. God, and show us the people in our lives who need you, who need us to be Jesus to them, not just tomorrow, not just Tuesday. God, but always for as long as we're able to live This life for you. God, we love you. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.